We Have Issues is a weekly podcast full of reviews of comics and oversharing. We use grown-up language to make very childish jokes. You can find the show at wehaveissues.net, as well as anywhere else where average to not too bad podcasts can be found. Listener, and welcome to episode 115 of We Have Issues. Uh, my name's Nick. You can find me on Twitter at NickSight, N I X S I G H T. You can find the podcast at IssuesPod, I S S U E S P O D. Um, what else? We've got a page on uh, Facebook at We Have Issues, and we are Patreon supported along with our sister podcast, Two Grown Men, uh, which uh, this week participated in uh, the Southampton Superpod for comic relief. And you might want to check that out, twogrownmen.net. When the next episode goes up, there'll be more details there about that. But anyway, this show and that show are supported uh, by our patrons via Patreon. Uh, you can uh, throw us a little bit of money at uh, patreon.com forward slash TOTP and uh, that goes towards hosting and and, and other stuff uh, other odd costs that come up domain pricing and stuff like that um, what else? what else? oh yes you can subscribe to us at your podcatcher of choice you can also listen uh, to us on our website and you can comment uh, in any of those places or you can rate and review us at your podcatcher of choice now if you go to wehaveissues.net you'll find a post for every single one of our episodes you can listen to all of them uh, free there and you can comment directly on the episode post there are also show notes and for this episode I recommend going and looking at the show notes if you're not in the mood for lots and lots of meandering I didn't actually read any comics this week that I really wanted to uh, uh, recommend that much. That's not a fair reflection on the comics that came out this week. There was a particularly gorgeous-looking Warwick Johnson Cadwell comic that came out, which I'm hoping I'll, I'll be able to talk about next week, but I haven't actually read it yet, uh, from IDW. Hmm, and now I can't actually remember what it's called. It's gorgeous, though. Uh, I've read the first two or three pages, but it wouldn't be fair to you or him to uh, to talk to you about that yet. But yeah, I have pretty slim pickings. Also, I've been on holiday this last week, and in theory that should mean I'd read loads more comics, but actually it meant I, I hardly read any. So basically what we've uh, got is me and Jane, Jane and I, uh, we... Uh, got together over skype earlier in the week and talked uh for a bit we talked quite a lot and a lot of it's very off topic we do eventually get around to talking about the movie logan uh which we had failed to talk about uh, a previous week because i hadn't seen it yet and uh then she's going to talk to you about bitch planet volume one she talked to me about bitch planet volume one and she's also going to talk to you because you're going to be listening and and, you know, it feels like you're part of the conversation because because there's two voices and you're the third voice. Also, uh, that's how ears work and podcasts and all of that. Uh, also, uh, Peter Hamilton is going to be talking about Transformers, uh, the 2017 annual. Uh, but, as I said, there's loads of off-topic stuff. Not in Peter's bit. He's really concise. But across the rest of the episode, what we have on 
the site um, and on the individual post for each episode are the actual show timings. So you'll be able to jump straight to us talking about Logan or Jane talking about Bitch Planet or Peter talking about Transformers, if that's what you want to do. So without further delay, because this is already very late, as I think I already mentioned, I shall pass you over to Peter, and then it'll be Jane and I uh, meandering about nonsense for ages, and then I'll be back at the end to say goodbye. So here's Peter. Hello, it's Peter Hammerson here. Hope you're all well. I haven't been reading that many comics in the last few days. I've been busy. I've been distracted by Civilization V on my PC. But um, one comic I have read is the one that I want to talk about today. That is the Transformers Annual 2017. Now, the Transformers Annual is written by John Barber, who is the current writer of Transformers Optimus Prime ongoing. Art is by Priscilla Tramontano. With a colour by Thomas Deere, Josh Perez, John Paul Bove, and letters by Chris Mowry. The story in the Transformers Annual consists of two flashbacks. The first of which involves pre-war Cybertron and Bumblebee's first meeting with Optimus Prime whilst involved in a Decepticon terrorist plot. The second is an encounter between a group of Cybertronian colonists and a mythical figure in Transformers history. The framing device is a conversation between two characters, Optimus Prime, former Autobot leader, and now the current commander of a small group of cross-party Transformers operating from Earth, and Pyra Magna. Pyra Magna is a member of this Earthbound team, but um, she is somewhat ambivalent towards Optimus Prime, should we say. They have an uneasy alliance, mainly as, as Magna comes from a, a quite a religious colony, which was separate from the war. Optimus Prime is seen by them as a religious figure, due to his title and the fact that he carries part of the creation matrix, but... This religious role isn't one which Optimus Prime is willing or perhaps even able to live up to. In an attempt to bridge this rift, Prime and Magna travel to the site of the Crystal City on Cybertron. This was the site of a big crossover event a few years ago called Dark Cybertron, and it is the place where the Autobot Bumblebee died. This conversation is spied on by Starscream, who is the current leader of all Transformers on Cybertron, and the ghost of Bumblebee. Um, That's kind of a long story, but basically Starscream appears to be haunted by Bumblebee's ghost, but really it seems to be it's a manifestation of Starscream's somewhat unsteady mental state. Um, Bumblebee seems to act almost like his conscience, in a way. Prime and Magna are having this conversation, and somehow as part of that, we, we move into the first of the two flashbacks. This is a story of pre-war Cybertron. At this time, the Decepticons are more terrorists than they are an army, and Bumblebee gets unwittingly wrapped up in one of their plots. While the Autobot authorities... Are investigating, Bumblebee meets and helps 
Optimus Prime and Prowl. Once that's completed, Magna's flashback begins, and this is a story of her own special team of Transformers. They're called the Torchbearers. There are about six or seven of them. And um, on the particular outer space colony where these guys live, the Torchbearers acted a bit like a police military troubleshooters. In this story, they are defending a small mining town from a band of marauding Transformers. However, all is not as it appears. The attack is connected to a mythological Transformer who could well be real and related to a future threat which the Transformers may soon face. Overall, the annual is a bit of a strange one. It opens and ends with talking heads, which isn't the most exciting thing. The flashbacks neatly divide the book in two. Now, on balance, I'd say that Bumblebees is the better section, but that could be affected by the fact that I'm just more familiar with those characters and that setting. Despite having read all of the Torchbearer's appearances, I really don't have a firm grasp on who they are and what they're meant to do. I, I, I couldn't even tell you any of their names, really, apart from Pyra Magna. It doesn't help that they're all the same colour scheme, a sort of reddish combined with a teal green. Tramontano's art is strong. It um, has a very cartoonish quality which emphasises movement and character over a mechanistic precision you, you see in a lot of other Transformers art. I feel it does suffer a little bit in the environments, however. Despite it being a longer-than-normal book, some panels feel too small for their content. You're forced to see a very small part of the action when you really want to look around and see everything. Sweeping vistas are crammed into little rectangles. The scale is just a little bit out for some of the, the more grandiose views that we're showing. I feel on the whole that Bumblebee's story alone could have been the entire annual. There are some lovely touches in that part. Cameos from Sea Spray, Blaster and Scrounge, who is a G1 legend. We also see Soundwave without his helmet on, which is a very special moment. Transformers Annual 2017 is a good enough comic. I don't know if it can quite justify its price tag. $7.99 is, is a lot for a comic like this. I don't think I can fully recommend Transformers Annual 2017 for new readers. I would point you towards Transformers Lost Light for that. But if you're currently following the Transformers Till All or One ongoing series, or Optimus Prime, there's something for you here, um, especially if you're a fan of Bumblebee and or the uh, Torchbearer's special team. Well, Thank you very much for your time today. I am off, but if you would like to catch up with me, I am on Twitter at Peter H. That's P-Y-T-Y-R-H, where you can find me talking about comics, Transformers, occasionally Civilization V, and then more comics and more Transformers. How are you? Are you good? Okay, I've got really... Um bloaty tummy at the moment it's okay it's my own fault freeing junk food i'm experimenting at the moment i'm having i'm having some t like things that my body's not reacting to very well and i'm trying to figure out what it is so it's a good excuse to eat <laughs> to eat some crappy food <laughs> and then go oh, didn't like that so, 
What are you uh, thinking it might be? Are you thinking? I think it might be. Is he, I think it's a wheat thing. I think. Um, I think there's a couple of things my body's become quite sensitive to, and it's strangely, it's only been in the last few months. It hasn't. This isn't a gradual thing. It's not like, oh, slowly things are dropping off the list. It's like, no, don't want to deal with this anymore. So I think it's my uh, rampant binge eating over the years. <laughs> it's suddenly got to the point like, nope, <laughs> for most foods. So uh, I experimented with uh, Doritos. Uh-huh. You know, that don't, can't do Doritos anymore. Oh, no. Um, yeah, which don't have wheat in. So that's throwing things a little bit. What are they? They're corn. They're corn, aren't they? Yeah, they're corn, yeah. And, uh, Mal, uh, no, Haribo. No, it's Mal, uh, Pimbles. Malm. Malm. Is that how you say that? Malm. I thought it was Malwalm. Malwalm. It might be. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I like them because, uh, most of their sweets that have wrappers have the cartoon fruit, uh, doing fruity things to each other. So. Oh. That's mainly why I like them. Oh, you mean like sexy things? Yeah, well, not really, but like they're enjoying each other. And it could be <laughs> on a sexual level. Um, so while you're eating this very delicious sweet, you look at the wrapper and you're like, <laughs> looks rude. And then, you know, just get a whole experience with it. Um, not so much with the pinballs, they're just really, really Moorish. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so... Um, that's been fun trying to figure out what food does my tummy hate. <laughs> I just, I just don't think we're meant to eat half of the things we eat. I don't think our bodies are equipped for it, and and it take it can take decades for your body to build up, and maybe it processes some of it out. But I sound like an anti-vaxxer or something, don't I? Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe like like the thing with wheat intolerance, I think it is a little bit weird because I feel like maybe we're not any of us supposed to be eating wheat, really. It's oh, just, it's think? just that, um, it's just that our bodies can process it out any, anyway, you know. I don't know. Isn't there an Icelandic thing where they take a hunk of meat, piss on it, and then bury it for six months and then eat it? I'm, I'm uh, not convinced we're meant to eat half the things we eat. Oh, yes. Isn't it a shark? They, uh, they don't wee on it. They use, or they store it in the shark's bladder or something like that, and then they bury it. That sounds even oh, no, more complicated than pissing on it. Yeah, it's the whole thing's gross. Like eating rotted. It, it is a big old joke on Taurus, isn't it? What disgusting thing can we get you to eat? I know, let's bury something in the ground for weeks um, and let's wheel on it first. And then you can just imagine how that went, yeah, how that went down at the town hall <laughs> planning. <laughs> just like everyone putting a suggestion in and they stopped it. Uh, at putting semen on it because that's too much but, that's uh, uh yeah okay yeah that went somewhere i wasn't expecting it to i think um i i mean when you think just in terms of yogurt like uh, there are things we eat that are just other things that have gone off aren't they i know like uh blue cheese uh life partner steve gets really annoyed at me for um for I am so 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 fussy. I'm not a fussy eater at all. But if something is even a nanosecond past its, not even, I'm not even talking use by date. I'm talking best before. So if it's a drink or anything that's full of sugar and chemicals, that is not going to be out of date the day after. I'm like, no, I'm not having it. I'm so 
it's just so ingrained in me mm-hmm. not to have anything past its date. But I'll eat blue cheese in ridiculous quantities because it's supposed to be gone. Like I know I'm. It's supposed to be gone off. That's fine. It's a risk. I can take. The man's told us that it's okay to eat it. Because even that has a best before date on it. Yeah. So it's just like, well, it's got a best before date on it. So it's not going to kill me until the second after this day. The second (laughs) after midnight in the day, it'll kill me. Um, Yeah. You're right. We're probably not supposed to eat half the stuff we do eat. But these things are supposed to be hereditary as well. My my dad doesn't have any problems and my mum doesn't have any problems. In fact, my mum had... Oh, no. That's the other one. She had the underactive thyroid. So oh, what's all, that? Uh, oh, yeah. Thyroid is underactive. Oh, right. Okay. No, no. I understand now. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing you have called a thyroid, which regulates certain things in your body, including your mo- your uh, metabolic rate. Mm-hmm. has something to do with metabolic rate. So uh, she was, re- for years and years and years and years and years, she struggled to lose weight. And then they found out she had an underactive thyroid. And now she's just a beanpole because... Like her body's doing what's supposed to be doing. What did they do? Did they? Did she they just take tablets? All right. And the tablets oh, yeah, tell the thyroid to sort its act out. Yeah, like basically. that angry Cockney on um on the Armando Yannucci show. Yeah. Goes around there, tells the thyroid to sort its fucking act out. Stop much. fucking about. Yeah. Okay. Although one Sounds of the weird right. side effects of an underactive thyroid is your eyebrows go, they thin out mm-hmm. and they go see through. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So my mum's got weird, thinned out, see-through eyebrows, which I just thought that was her, but that's as a result of her illness. Did I you think? It was an illness. Did you think it was like an eye, like a not an eye care thing, a, like a makeup, like a regime? Oh no, no, because she wears glasses, so you don't really notice her. Oh, okay. I never really noticed her eyebrows because of her glasses, and it was only because when I when I found out. And I looked at my mum, she has it, and went, oh, yeah, you actually have barely any eyebrows. <laughs> I never noticed that about you before. Also, you know, she's old and old people's eyebrows get wacky. Everything about them is weird, old people. Oh, if we can say eyebrows. No, old people. Although I don't really understand how the eyebrows know to go see-through, but the rest of her hair doesn't know to go see-through. Yeah, that is weird, actually. I don't know why that's... I should probably read up on it more, but you know you don't want to cut these things too much. Well, and all your other, all your other, uh, like weird hair that grows, like you tend to think there are two different sorts of hair. There's the hair that grows on your head, and there's all of your other hair, like all of your, all of, the, and I, you just think there's your head hair and your pubic hair, and everything that isn't your head hair is pubic hair, including beard hair and stuff like that. But eyebrows don't go curly, do they? Well, no, arm hair, my arm hair doesn't go curly. My arm hair's really, really light. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. I forgot about arm hair. I quite like... Uh, so there's three different sorts of hair on your body, then. And my, and my actual face is more like a peach. It's all fuzzy. It has really light hair on my face. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, it's something that um, women hate, and they get it removed, and I think that's crazy. Well, if you can... Because I've never noticed it. Presumably, is that because you, presumably you don't do anything with it? It's no, just, it's just yeah. gross. Like, I just have, like, fuzzy white face. Fuzzy it just, white face? Fuzzy white fur on my face. It just looks like, uh, in, uh, in, uh, really intense, dramatic lighting situations, it probably looks like a very mild halo around your face. Maybe. Loads of people have it, but I, 
that's just not noticeable. And I don't know why people remove it because it's there to protect you. Yeah. Uh, it's actually doing a job. So, like your eyebrows, your eyebrows are protecting your eyes. Yeah. Like, Girl, we will not let things go in your eyes unless you're an idiot and you stab yourself in the eye and then, you know, it's all on you then. Thanks for that image, Jane. <laughs> what poking so, stuff in the eye? Yeah, so you've you've had that sounds like you've maybe had bad tummy or something. Oh yeah, just blatantness. Yeah, yeah, just blatantness. Trying to trying to figure out because I've never had it before. And I like need to find out what it is so I can eliminate it from everything. No one wants to feel bloated. It's a very, I've something I'm not really used to at all. It's a very very horrible feeling. A very very horrible feeling. I understand now when people say I'm bloated. I'm like, what? So now mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I get it. It's so painful and uncomfortable and you don't want to do anything. And you sort of like, <laughs> you know, moving around is actually really painful. Well, it can impact on everything else as well. Like you won't want to drink or you, you don't really want to drink or eat or anything. Yeah. And that can make you feel dizzy as well. I think that was the root of the, the weird headachey problems I was having a couple of weeks ago, or at least... Either that or I was also feeling bloated at the same time as I was having those headachey problems. It's difficult to tell. There's so much, so much going wrong with my body at this point. So, sorry, what was that? (laughs) And it didn't, it made, uh, because you, um, were bloated, didn't want, you didn't want to eat or drink very much and that probably didn't Uh, help the headaches. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't, I'm, so it sounds like you're just, you're actually taking this in hand. So I've definitely had a worse day than you today. Today was a pretty bad day. Well, actually, Today was an okay day because I've been off work, but it it's at the the not the high point, but the most distinctive thing or distinct thing about today was that I was on the sofa with um the the boys went to a new childminder today. Oh, well, it's someone it's someone that they know already because she used to work with the other childminder, but like it was their first time at her, so that was all exciting, and um so but they didn't they didn't really max the baby didn't want to have his nap so he was downstairs here with me amy was in bed upstairs having a having her own nap she was knackered and he and i were both dozing on the sofa and then at some point i sort of stirred because something was going on with him and i looked at him and he looked at me with a slight look of panic on his face and then just vomited all over me. Oh, no, no one vomited on me today. Yeah, and and he did, and obviously he was quite... It's, um... People who have children and want to scare other people about them will talk about vomit a lot, but this is literally only the second time I've... I've this has happened, and the last time was with Noah... So, in my experience, except when they were very small babies and it isn't even really sick at all, this is the only times I've seen them be sick, really. But it was all over me and all over the sofa. And he was so sad. And, um, so we had quite a nice bath together afterwards and that was nice, but it was, it's pretty gross. And I don't, there's no, considering people bang on about it happening all the time, this is, it's like dogs. It's like one of our dogs is quite old and so, is quite incontinent now and just a bit useless and so you're constantly having to work out how to get stains out of things and clear stuff up and it's horrible and then when you talk to other people who have dogs or babies they'll say oh yeah yeah mine did that for a year and a half or something before it before it eventually died not the the dogs this is not the 
babies or you know until they grow out of it or whatever and you're like well then then how come your house doesn't smell of puke and dog shit all the time i or don't maybe, understand or maybe yours doesn't and maybe it's just a paranoia thing because you know that they're being sick and the dogs yeah it maybe is i don't know i don't know or maybe just everyone gets so used to it i, I don't i mean i don't know it is strange. I well, yesterday I was walking home from work, and 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 I I work very very close to the city centre. So on my walk home, I pretty much cut through the heart of Southampton, and uh, on a particular walkway, which is by a car park, which is in a busy part of the city centre, mm-hmm. six people, so six grown adults with two pushchairs, were all standing right in the middle of the path. I was thinking, oh, what what are you, what's going on here? Why are you all scattered across this path that I need to get past? And one of them had been holding a baby and a baby had been sick on them. But it took six, six of them, including <laughs> the person who puked on, who looked thoroughly pissed off. And I'm pretty sure it was her child as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> um, and I'm sure that they'd probably just been to the local Starbucks for mm. a drink and the baby had just been fed. I'm, all, I'm, I'm speculating here. I'm I'm just purely judging them on the way they looked and Southampton lifestyles, you know, and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. let's still meet in Starbucks and have a drink and feed our babies and then carry our babies out or our baby's going to be sick on us because we just fed it. But there's six of them. <laughs> like, it is a bit weird that they all felt compelled to get involved. I know. <laughs> well, one of them was helping the other one who'd been puked on and the others were just all watching and then, like, all looking weird at disapproving actually could be wrong some uh, someone else could have been sick on her it might not have been a baby someone might have just come along and vomed on her shoulder and then walked off it it might have been it's like when there's a they might not have all known each other it might be like when there's a car accident or something (laughs) then just wanted to watch the cleanup oh no no then then (laughs) everyone who's even peripherally involved has to stop in case at some point they're required to make a statement or something like that (laughs) So one of the other grown-ups might have vomited on the, uh, you know, one of the... So if there were six six humans, so that's two, that's three couples. Is that right? Uh, no, I'm, well, actually, I'm speculating. There was uh, five women. No, four women and two men. Oh, so uh, one of the one of the women or one or one of the men might have vomited on that person, and the rest are all witnesses and are uh, and are sticking around so that when the cleanup's done, they can thrash out the details and claim uh, cleaning on the insurance or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah, probably what maybe, happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really it was annoying for the fact that I wanted to get past them. I was like, why are you scattered? Why are you not to one side? You know, the whole thing of. Why have you just stopped exactly where you are? Why not move to the side of the pavement? So you're not blocking anyone's way. I can get past. All the other people can get past. And I don't have to look at sick as well. Because, you know, that's not very nice either. No. No, that's really not nice. Yeah. If, I mean, yeah. could you tell if it was baby sick or person sick? I'm pretty I, sure baby sick. Really. Yeah, there weren't any chunks. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a bit like... Like, it was just wet. It wasn't... There was no residue <laughs> curiosity didn't overtake you didn't dip a finger in and go hmm this is coffee grounds this is definitely <laughs> it didn't smell of anything when i went past there you go i think as a human it probably smelled like vomit <laughs> whereas baby sick doesn't really it just smells a bit milky i guess i don't know i'm i've 
not been around much baby sick. Um, <laughs> and the only baby sick I've been around was when uh, Scarlett was little and the dogs would clean up so quickly. Yeah, dogs <laughs> are good at that sort of thing. Chance. <laughs> you would never chance. Like, by the time you're like, oh, no, it's gone now. So, you know, there was no smell or anything like that at all. Um, so I'm just guessing that's what it smells like because they drink a lot of milk. Um, co- Cocaine is a drug, however you take it, isn't it? Yes. Like pe- people snort it presumably because that works quicker, but like, how come how come hard bit in New York cops aren't like high all the time? Because whenever they find a bag of something that looks like it might be cocaine, they like dip a finger in it or whatever and stick it on their tongue. How oh, are they not think... off their faces all the time? I don't. I think that's only in films. I don't think well... they do that in real life. I don't think they're allowed to take drugs like that because it could be spiked and it could. Oh kill yeah, them. yeah. No, that's true. I think it's just a, a film thing. I think they send it to a lab to be tested. Um, also, wouldn't they have to go through some sort of training where they'd have to try all the drugs to know what kind of drug they were? So they'd have to have had a lot of cocaine to know that that was cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just... it's very specific that they just work out how to do that for cocaine. I guess everyone who's ever been to university knows what the smell of um, smell of dope is. But you wouldn't, like eat, you wouldn't dip your hand in some tobacco and then <laughs> rub it on your gums and go. Mm. No, or like car- carry around, uh, carry around uh, uh, spaghetti bolognese and mix some of the leaves in to to the spaghetti to the bolognese and then eat it and then wait uh, uh, for 30, 30 <laughs> minutes to an hour to see if, what, see if you have any sort of reaction. Why not bake it? Well, that's how I I did it the once. Oh. <laughs> I just seems such a such a waste of spaghetti. It probably seemed quite specific, didn't it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "What?" Um, Actually, I was vegetarian tea. at the time, so it wouldn't have been a proper bolognese. It would have been a rubbish bolognese without any meat in. No, that's okay. Bolognese without meat in can be nice too. Does it? What does the? I, I I mean, I feel like this might take us off track, but um, what what is the the thing that makes it bolognese? Is it the meat? Does taking the meat it's the out? Sauce, isn't it? Is it just the sauce? And in I'm that case, I'm pretty sure it's the sauce. Yeah, because everybody makes it slightly differently, don't they? So the only thing that seems consistent is the um, the that it's a tomatoy sauce. Well, it's not just a tomatoy sauce. It's got oh. onion in it. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hang uh, on a second, I'm gonna look it up now. I want to know. A colleague of mine was describing his lunch um, the other day, and he was saying that it's um, what was he saying? He's saying it's like a it's like shepherd's pie, but it's uh, slices of slices of potato instead of mash, and it's um, uh, like a different sort of mince. I can't remember what mince he said instead of. And I was like, "That's a cottage pie." Then he's like, "No, it's a shepherd's pie with these different <laughs> things." Says, no, it's a cottage pie. They're literally called different things. You've just described a cottage pie. That conversation went on way longer than it should have. <laughs> and he still thought it was a cottage pie. Well, the, the thing is, because we're sitting at computers the whole time, it always takes a, a little bit longer uh, than it should for anyone to realise that they could just Google, Google it and show them the definition. So I think once um, once uh, once somebody actually looked it up and said, nope, this is it, they were like, oh, right, you are. And um, and it was all sorted. It's not not interesting, really, is it? 
I don't know. I think it's important that your colleagues are corrected on these things. You don't want them to bring up their kids believing wrong types of traditional English all-in-one dishes. It could be a kind of a catastrophic effect. Yeah. And if there's one thing I've uh, if there's one thing I've uh, learned or become a real stickler for after several years of um, us being professional podcasters, it's that people should always be right and correct about everything they say <laughs> um, when they so open their mouths. The, uh, going back to the bolognese thing, we're both right. Well, we're we're both we're both on the right track. It's the meat based sauce, so it's the whole combination. It's not just the meat; it's the sauce too, and the sauce which. Uh, my mum can make a really good uh, bolognese. Not that she cooks for me anymore because I'm mm-hmm. grown up. Um, but uh does include onion, celery and carrot. Now, I thought it was my mum just trying to get us to have more vegetables. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put celery or carrot in a bolognese I don't think before. most people put celery or carrot in, in there, to be honest. And... and um, I think uh, for years, a lot of the ingredients that I still put in my bolognese were just a holdover from when I when I was a vegetarian, and so just throwing everything into every <laughs> pasta sauce I made that you know everything that I could put in there. So uh, my uh, my bolognese sauce is almost completely um, reduced to there's onion and there's tomato, uh, you know, uh, yeah, chopped tomatoes and mince. And then red wine, and I'll I'll put mushrooms in later on just for taste, but like, not for taste, for texture. But it's really that simple now. I think I don't think I even put garlic in it anymore. No, oh, I was trying to put, say, do you put? Do you not put garlic in it? I must put a bit of garlic in. I don't think I put as much garlic in, but um, but yeah, actually, James is uh the the thing that I uh. I've become more and more sort of fidgety about how long I put it in for because I think it was probably James's fault. Uh, at some point he made I, uh, his house and I really liked the consistency of it and everything. And he told me that he, he just, it's in there for hours and hours and hours. And normally like, normally we'd knock up a bolognese in the, in the 30 minutes before we needed to eat it or something I like think that. Both ways are fine. Yeah, I think so. I think both ways produce a nice bolognese. But like, the reason I didn't do most of the cooking in the house, aside from the fact that um, Amy gets hungry a lot earlier than I do, is um, so she tends to want to eat a lot a lot sooner than I do, is that I think it's infuriating to her when I cook because I'm now at a point where if I can ritualise the whole thing, I will. And I like chopping as many of the ingredients as I can in advance yeah. And having them in little pots so that it's like I'm on a TV program, oh, like I'm a no, TV no, no. chef Extra or something. Extra washing up or things to put away in the dishwasher. That's that's no. Well, there's 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 that element of it, but I think the thing that infuriates her is that like it means that quite often you don't need everything until a later stage of the thing. So she'll chop stuff up and then put it in, and then she'll be chopping up the next thing while the first thing is cooking a little bit. Yeah, that's more efficient. But I'm like. No, I need it all there in its pots. Otherwise, uh, otherwise it isn't isn't quite right. Well, um, there are different techniques. I've also, uh, I'm also very exact about how I do the washing up, and it does mean that the washing up is always cleaner than when Amy does it. But it does take a lot longer. <laughs> but I'm definitely not autistic. This is the takeaway that um, that 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 we should. Um... <laughs>
So um, we were we were going to talk about um, a film a couple of weeks we ago, but we yeah. didn't talk about it then because I can't remember. Had I not seen it? No, I was going to yeah. go see it that night. Yeah, it was a it was a funny conversation we had where I said I want to talk about Logan. You're like, yay! Oh, and I said, oh, it will be spoiler free. You went, good because I'm going to see it tonight. And I was like, oh, tomorrow night. And I said, oh, should we just wait then <laughs> until I, we've both seen it? I think I literally went and saw it straight, oh, that's it. straight after yeah. we recorded. So, um, and um, and yeah. I um it feels like a really long time ago now because I've I'm on holiday so I've I uh, from work so I've lost track of time completely. Um you really liked it, didn't you? Yeah, I really liked it. Did you I, like it? I did. I fucking loved oh, it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a brilliant film. I think talking a lot of people who aren't um comic book fans have gone to see it that um have engaged me in conversation not they don't know my interest because they're all new mm. colleagues but it, it's it was unusual to to hear about a film that you wouldn't normally hear everybody talking about and lots of people have gone to see it especially people who had no preconception of what what it was going to be about and mm. they just went to see it on the back of recommendations so that's really and they've enjoyed it maybe not understood it completely mm-hmm. but i don't think they needed to they got what they they got what they wanted out of it if that makes sense, or it 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 delivered enough for people who aren't fans to really enjoy it too. Yeah, I mean oh, that sounded really fanish. I don't mean it in that way. I mean it in a it's a good film. It doesn't matter what it's based on. Well, that's the thing. I the the, the my abiding feeling because I'm not allowed to have nice things that I just feel nice about completely, and the way I felt after watching it. Well, actually, during watching it, to be honest, was I had a few little um, uh, moments of of anger at most of the other superhero films that <laughs> that we've had that like they aren't more like that because it's what I've always it's what I've always wanted. I want them to be good movies, and um, I'm not that I, I've never been that worried about an adaptation being um, or an adaptation being. Um, uh, uh, sort of close to the original or anything like that, or honouring the original particularly. So, uh, what I've um had over the last few years are films that are basically so close to the comics, um, and so uh in love with the comics, or at least in love with uh getting comic geeks to talk about them, um that there's almost nothing else to them, which is the Marvel films or films that um, try and do something else but are always hobbled by studios and people yeah. get annoyed with them because they're not their vision of a character uh, from, from, yeah, from the DC movies. So it's, um, and it's, it's been frustrating. And I actually, um, did you see the Wolverine? Was it called the Wolverine or just Wolverine? Uh, the X-Men Origins. Wolverine. Oh, no, no. That was the first one. I think X-Men... What was that called? That was called X-Men. Are you I, looking it up? I might have it on my uh, DVD shelf. Ah. There have been... This was the third... This was the third one in um in the, the... The third Wolverine solo movie. So... Okay, because I'm... Yeah. It's... Right, so my um collection... 
or our collection is alphabetized and the w blu-rays are being obscured by a bemo from adventure time <laughs> it so, wouldn't it, i mean how um who who did the alphabetizing was it you or steve I'm going to say me. It's not the best because we have a collection of DVDs and Blu-rays that are in a bit of a um, transition period. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to get everything on Blu-ray, only films that deserve to be on Blu-ray or will benefit from being on Blu-ray. But because of this vast size difference in the cases, it gets a bit awkward on the shelf. So it's got a... a, We've got like a... what is it when someone sings a song and then someone else joins in a verse later at the oh, beginning of the song? Whatever I'm that's not sure called, what that's called. That's what's going on the shelf at the moment with the advertising. I see. It's a quite elaborate system. Maybe I should rethink it. Well, I mean, the thing is, um, the Wolverine films wouldn't help anyway because if you've done it properly... Or, well, not properly, but if... And I don't know why I asked if it was you or Steve, because I think both of you are anal in different ways. Probably in completely different ways. So I wouldn't have been able to tell exactly. But um, the... Uh, they haven't had consistent a consistent naming convention to No, them. that's true. So the first um, one was called X-Men Origins Wolverine. And then the second one was called The Wolverine, which I suppose would... Is well, that no, that's Samurai one? Yeah, yeah, okay. and, and so, the third one was Logan. So Yeah, okay, so I have the first one, which I really like. I know everyone else hated it, and it killed off what they were going to do for the X-Men Origins for all the other X-Men, but mm. I really like that film. Um, the Wolverine, I didn't like at all. Oh, really? Um, no, I think I actually turned it off halfway, th- not even halfway through. That is so weird because um, the because it's by the same guy who made um, so the first film was by uh, directed by a guy called Gavin Hood and I don't I don't know him I don't know what else he's done but but the Wolverine was by uh, James Mangold who made Logan as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, and- they are so different. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think they are quite different. What's interesting is, um, like, Logan is what you get when you don't worry about it being bloodless, because the, the Wolverine was still, was weird, because it was still dealing with similar sort of, um, not similar themes, but it wasn't just superhero-y. It was like trying to tell a, a, um, tell a samurai story. I think, you know, yeah. It, it was trying to explore that that side of things and, and avoiding a lot of the spandex stuff, even though it finishes exactly the same as all of those other films do, with a big battle with something that's CGI, like with a big CGI. It's the same yeah. ending from The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man and I think Iron Man 2 and every every other one of these movies. But um, but it's, it's filmed in a much more um, like cinematic way than the other Marvel movies have been i think and so there are I, I think it looks really similar to the you know the first bit of logan where he's in the car and he's driving around this grubby city but everything looks really beautiful Not, yeah the, the city doesn't look beautiful but the car is like really everything's really crisp and clear it made me think of collateral the yeah 
the um the the Michael Mann movie. Um and funnily enough a friend of mine who was at the same screening as I, we, we walked out together and he mentioned collateral in a completely unrelated way. So clearly we were both thinking about collateral. <laughs> and I think it's probably because of that bit at the beginning, it looks really similar where he's driving around his his giant um is it a limo? I don't think it is a limo, is it? Uh, it it's like some sort of futuristic uh Chrysler limo. All right, okay. Well, it could be a current day Chrysler limo, but it it has a very unusual front to it. I'm not a good enough man to really know what that means. So, <laughs> so. oh, it just it, it wasn't you. It didn't look like a conventional car that you or even a um like a fancy car you could get now. It looked like it hadn't yet been developed for oh. commercial retail. <laughs> What? All right, okay. Um, it was like what? nothing I'd ever seen before. <laughs> there you go. What else? What else has this guy done? So he did three ten to Yuma, which I think I've seen. <gasps> I can't. I love that film. I um, really, I got a bit obsessed about that film when I was going through my Christian Bale phase. There's oh yeah, Christian he's Bale in that, that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's Christian Bale in it. Um, it's just a really good film. It's so. I think I got obsessed by how underrated it was. Like. Yeah, you, know, you watch a film, of... you're like, why isn't everybody talking about this? This is a brilliant film. I think it, um, yeah, I think it kind of came out. Maybe there was another Western that came out at the same time that stole a lot of the thunder. I'm not sure. Because I think it came out the, roughly the same time as, um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which was a much more sort of, um, like artsy movie it was much longer and i think probably pulled a lot of focus he also made identity which i love so john cusack um is that the one in the motel yeah no is it yeah it's the one you're thinking of that we can't talk about uh otherwise it probably spoil it but yeah it's a bunch of strangers end up in a which motel we tried to talk about before but we haven't been able to talk about it because we're going to spoil it for someone yeah probably uh, yeah it's that film yeah, yeah. oh yeah um, that's a good film and that's girl really interrupted so he's like a proper, he's made pretty Oh my pretty god, good yeah, yeah. Gallant Trapter's a brilliant film as well. It's also on the DVD shelf, I hasten <laughs> to add. It's still in its wrapper. Oh, well, but because that's the thing. Because it keeps popping like, up on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why would you, uh, the, 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 I've been selling a few of my DVDs for exactly that reason. Like, I'm like, well, it's just always on, so I don't really need it. But, um, so he's like a director who's worked on some films we've liked before, and I think that Although the Wolverine was probably a bit compromised because it's a film about a guy with knives for hands, uh, not knives for hands. That's Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> knives in his hands uh, that that still had to be relatively like bloodless. I think so. Um, so it's always going to be a little bit um, compromised by that. But at the same time, he was clearly sort of chasing his own. He was he was doing something slightly different. I guess. And the that's the thing. The thing with Logan is there are bits of it that look a bit like the Wolverine, but again, but otherwise it just doesn't look like anything else. No. You know? It's, um, uh, it's just, it's a really good action thriller. I think it's a really good action thriller that happens to feature characters that we know from comics. But even, I don't know if you've read that much Wolverine or X-Men, have no, you? No, no, actually, I've never really been into them. Um, so I'm familiar with the stories from talking mm -hmm. to you and John, 
and when James got into his intense X-Men um, phase as well. So I'm very aware of the stories. I haven't read any of them, though. Mm. So I assumed this was based on a story. Um, but Well, the thing is, I think people thought from the trailers, I certainly did, that it was going to be based on a story called Old Man Logan. Yeah, that's... yeah. That's the story I thought it was going to be based on. I didn't know the story, though, so I couldn't tell you if it was. But, well, literally the only thing that's the same is that it's set after, like, it's set a long time after um, some apocalyptic thing has happened to um, the X-Men specifically, but mutants in general in the world. Yeah. Um, And that that something makes Logan... Something brings Logan um, out of retirement and forces him to sort of engage yeah. in stuff. Everything else about it is completely different. Old Man Logan is set something like 100 years after all this has happened, and he's got a completely different, or 50 years or something, he's got um, a completely different life. He's got a wife and kids, and he's just a farmer, and he's letting these... Um, and all of these other superheroes from the Marvel Universe, are, well, they're not there, but you can see that they're like the local landowners are the Hulks and they're um, just a bunch of inbred green behemoths who come round and like hassle him and his family for money and he lets them get away with it all the time. And it's sort of uh, that he ends up going across America and all of the different cities are taken over by... Um, the various offspring or offshoots of of characters that that we know, but it's really like it's about the Marvel Universe as much as anything else. That Old Man Logan is as much about the Marvel Universe as anything else. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye's in it, a really old version of Hawkeye, and it's written by uh, it's one of Mark Millar's better comics, but it's still sort of very much a comic for people who read comics. Um. But Logan is set a year after things have gone pear-shaped, or a couple of years after things have gone pear-shaped, isn't it? So I think it's, um, yeah. You, you don't know what's happened, I guess, with the uh, new X-Men film series, that that will catch up to whatever's, whatever events happened. Yeah. But I, I don't know how, I mean, it's certainly in our future, it's um, set sort of ten years in our in from our present day oh because you get a date don't you yeah I think, yeah yeah but it's it's effectively it's a film about it's a film about logan and professor x and um x x23 about this young well she's a i think she's a young woman when she turns up in the comics she's still a really young girl in in um in this film but She's got claws. I think you know that much from that. We won't spoil it. I think. No, from the but, trailer, um, you know that much. You know that much, pretty much, from the trailer. And she's a character that people really like from the comics. I think she's a lot younger. Again, she's a lot younger here than she was there. But she's just. I think she's really well played. Yeah. Although um, I don't think you necessarily get to see loads from that actress because of the nature of the role. But the actress does a really good job of it. Um, but it's the way she's um filmed and the way the the effects work with her and the fact that they don't 
stop her being brutal just because she's yeah. a little kid is yeah. is amazing. It is. Um, I think it's going to end up getting uh, more, if not compared, but people are going to draw a line between this film and Deadpool, just because yeah. Deadpool was R-rated, so it was super violent. Um, but I think, and because it, they swear in Deadpool, but like this, Deadpool was all about playing that stuff for laughs, and this was just. Well, they're, they're characters who have, this is all about violence and one character really not wanting to use violence. Yeah. And from the very beginning, um, it's one of the things I didn't like so much about Deadpool. And I know it's kind of missing the point because it's supposed to be a comedy, but is, is that, um, for me at this point, violence isn't in and of itself funny when I'm watching stuff like, that can't be the punchline to a joke for me is that someone's head gets blown off or something like that, because I like to see violence being used, um, in a, in a way that's, that means something. And it, it really does in Logan. It's, yeah, it's, uh, people keep comparing it to the unforgiven and which I haven't seen in a really, really long time. Um, but that's what it, it feels like. It feels like this is an actual fully, realized character um who had a really violent life and it doesn't really matter whether he was an x-man or he was just a criminal or any of those things you just get the sense from really early on this is a guy who has had it with this stuff doesn't want to do it anymore he hasn't got the stomach for it anymore and um and he's pulled into it and then he meets this younger character who doesn't know any different who literally can't help killing everybody in the room if that's the way she gets out of the room if that makes sense yeah it's um the only thing she knows yeah yeah and um and that's sort of that's really interesting to me and i mean i'm not i'm not a prude about violence you know i do i do actually love violent movies i really quite there's um Again, I don't think it's... Pe- people talk about the violence in this film and it seems... It always feels like there's a little bit of a... Not prudish, but it's like it's like it's naughty because it's a Marvel movie. I think it's... Um, it's not what people are used to. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't want to... Without giving too much away... There are there are just bits even in a, a film of this nature that you wouldn't expect. Mm. So not just a Marvel film, just any action film like this. Like, oh, that was really violent. Not in a bad way because it fits the situation, but just it's quite a shocking. Which is good, you know. Films mm. should provoke lots of reactions, including shock in a in a in that sort of scenario. So, um, I that that's. I mean, that's my how I felt when I was watching. I was like, "Oh, wow!" Yeah, absolutely. Was not expecting that. And I think when I thought about it, I was like, "Is it just because it's a Marvel film?" I was like, "No, no, no." I think in any film that's got this kind of we've got, got fight sequence going on, and that happened, that would still be quite a shock for me. So, well, and it happens really early on and it sort of pushes the limits of what you expect from effects and stuff as well doesn't it like yeah uh, where most action movies would cut away or um even pretty violent ones would cut away that's 
that's the thing. I think that that um that's what surprised me the most. And I think that's because again, I'm I've I said people are going to talk about Deadpool a lot and then I'm and then I'm doing it, but it's like most of the stuff people talked about with Deadpool was the humor in it and the violence in it is transgressive and then I watched it and it's like no it's transgressive for a Marvel movie. It's actually the humor's actually pretty tame by most sort of shock comedy standards these days. And the violence isn't that different than you'd see in like a lot of other sorts of films. It's just shocking because it's Marvel. And so when people were talking about this film being so much more graphic um, and the fact that they swear, and I think maybe uh, there might have been a trailer where they actually, where one of the, where either um, Professor X or Logan swears, and it's sort of, you feel like they put that in there just so you know this is a grown up. Yeah, like well, Marvel they, movie. They have to. They've kept it clean for so many years. Yeah. Um, yeah, they would have to sort of go drop a swear in, like, to let people know this isn't a twelve A. Yeah, but I think people thought that there's this cheeky. There's, I think the, I was, ex- I thought when people were talking about this stuff that it was that same element of well, it's cheeky because you don't expect this from these characters. I think there's a bit where um, there's a bit in. One of the uh, X-Men, one of the mutant movies, I think it was First Class, actually, where Hugh Jackman turns up for one scene. They go in and try and recruit him, because it's set in the 60s or something. They go in and they try and recruit him, and he tells them to fuck off. Yeah. And it's definitely played for last, because you don't swear in these films, sort of thing. So I wondered if that's what... I wondered if maybe that's what people were reacting to, and it wouldn't be that shocking. And watching the first 10 minutes of Logan... Um, and you know exactly, I mean, it's literally, I think it's the first scene, isn't it? The, there are people, uh, he's in, he's in his car, people are damaging his car, he doesn't want to have to deal with people damaging his car. And about three times in that opening sequence, I think I actually giggled a little bit because, because I wasn't expecting it. It was like, um, wow, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, okay. I've never actually seen that before in a film. <laughs> um, and um, hang on, I'm gonna sneeze. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to give you warning so we could cut it out. It's fine. It's okay. It ran um, away. But yeah, so it's it's exactly it's exactly what you said, really. That it it wasn't it, it wasn't just impressive. Um, it wasn't just impressive for one of these sorts of movies. It, in terms of the action, um, especially the brutality of it, it, it sort of pushed the envelope for, um, what you'd expect to see in any sort of American yeah. film in, um, well, I mean, just any, any sort of film because the production values, because of, because of it being, um, a Hollywood movie, the production values are higher than you'd see in movies from a, a lot of the rest of, the world so you just aren't used to seeing stuff even kill bill like even tarantino films cut away from some of the stuff that was in this movie yes that's a good point actually i think um but that's that's because the violence in in some of the tarantino films is gratuitous Mm. and he's aware of it so that's how he tones it down or how he shifts the perspective of Mm. the of the violence yeah 
Whereas in this, everything served a purpose. It wasn't... Um, I always go back to... A good example is in uh, Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Um, and the body horror now. I know the bit you mean because I've heard yeah. you talking about it before. It's yeah. just, and that's it. That to me was just like, oh, it threw me out of the film. None of it didn't need to be like that. It didn't need to be that gory. It didn't need to be that um, relatable mm-hmm. in that kind of film. And I. So that's the kind of when I'm comparing it, it's just like, well, yes, it did serve the story, but not in a way it. Sh- it, it not in the right way mm-hmm. and it felt gratuitous to say well look what we can do now and what's more horrific than something bursting through your chest oh i know aborting your own alien baby yeah it, it, it that's <laughs> it was that's like the whole human centipede thing it's just like well why would you it's just not <laughs> it's that morbid curiosity gone gone too deep mm-hmm. whereas in you know in logan it's yes there is violent very violent and it's it's quite graphic as violence but not to the point where you're like, oh, what? That didn't need to be. And you're like, it always part of character building, storytelling, and how the scene's playing out. So nothing felt like, oh, we'll just shove this in for a shock value. It was shocking, but it didn't feel like it was trying to shock me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think because they decided, uh, they made the decision to make a legit movie and push that as far as. Yeah. Like a legit action thriller and push that as far as they could. And like, yeah. I mean, it might just, I've heard people say that it, 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 there are bits of it that sag a little, but, um, and there is a weird, there is a weirdly episodic na- nature to it where I, I could see there's a, there's a bit where they meet a family, which again, we won't talk about too much, but where they meet a family and everything slows down for them to go and have dinner with this family. But then I suppose that's, the pace of life that they're used to sure well. and i mean that's i thought it was uh, it worked really well for me yeah, like it did. I, I, yeah. I don't know if that's what necessarily people are talking about but it's like i i would have i would have been happy if, it's one of the few films i've watched where i would have been happy if it was a bit longer um because most <laughs> films are just too long these yeah. days but i was totally i was totally enjoying my time with those characters so um and i think I think it is completely it's it's not just amazing for a superhero film it's also amazing for like the third notionally the third film in a trilogy because I don't think you need to know anything outside of that film like yeah if if people might be a bit confused while they're watching it if they don't necessarily know the comics but it's all completely different from the comics anyway. Yeah. The character can do the same stuff. But that, this isn't a version of this story that's ever been in the comics. Yeah, that's D- a good point. I, like I said, I didn't I didn't know. So I knew that it was supposed to be based on Old Man Logan, but I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with the story. Mm-hmm. Only snippets of it. So, um, But it didn't feel like it needed to be. Hmm. You know that you learn very quickly that he's got claws... You can yeah. pick a lot up from context, and it's like if you stripped it, if you stripped it completely of the context of it being an adaptation, and you just watched it, there are 
really legitimately great movies yeah. that give you less to work on than this film. I was going to say, there's there's enough in it if you don't know the story, if you don't know the universe that this is set in, there's enough in there for you to get familiar with it. Mm. Um, and then quickly, right, got that information, don't really need it again. But you you get some of the more, well, more, well, the superhero element of it. So you get more of the supernatural side mm-hmm. of it or the more inhuman side of it. Yeah. That's the right way of putting it. But, you know, like, not have, having claws come out of your hands is not normal. So someone who doesn't read comic books goes, that's a bit weird. Oh, okay, they're mutants. Right, I understand what's going on now. That That's sort of all you need. It's not not anything more than that. I liked it. Me too. <laughs> um, I really want to see it again. Especially yeah. the cinema. I went to the new cinema in Southampton. It was particularly fancy. So um, I quite like to go just to enjoy the comfort of the new cinema. It's only a matter of time before all the vomiting parents of Southampton ruin the place. Oh, was leather so it's wiped clean? Maybe they don't <laughs> let vomit parents in there. I don't well, No, I don't know. There were no children in the screen. <laughs> well, in, no, of so course. I fucking hope not. <laughs> it wasn't like one of those uh, uh, parent-toddler screenings or anything. <laughs> oh. I, w- I will say as a caveat to everything else we've said, I did agree with, um, I think David Wynn was tweeting at the a few weeks ago and it was it was really close to me having watched it. And it did kind of mirror my thoughts on it, although... Um, it, it didn't really overshadow my experience of it, but I don't think it overshadowed his either. Which was, he said that um, he made the point that um, the the way we're reacting to Logan just shows how low the bar has been set by superhero movies, by the superhero movies we've had the last few years. Because um, it what it what it is is just a really good action thriller. It's yeah. um, it's probably like it's one that i think i'm going to go back and revisit which i couldn't say about most of the the superhero films the last few years just because it really works on that basis and it's the first one i can really really like recommend to amy and because she didn't come come with me um as as someone who isn't really interested in any of this stuff but like it it probably probably isn't high and not that everything has to be high art but like you and i are really excited about this film but and we want to go back and see yeah, it again and I, I i i think i have to disagree a little bit it is a very good film i think the we were talking about how um how violent it is and mm. how that's quite in tone with the film but the emotional maturity of it as well was very well played out and to have the two together i mean i'm thinking in terms of um like a history of violence that Mm -hmm. kind of you know balance between the two Mm -hmm. which is which is incredible and can get you can get it wrong so easily and especially the the particular relationships in this film um they just they just nailed it they got it so right and some of what they were fighting for on an emotional level, you as a person could relate to it. Mm. So taking everything out of context, the relationship, the personal relationships that they were fighting for, I could empathise with. And, you know, that's important, especially for me. I have to identify with something in the film for me to be engaged and to 
have some kind of um, caring, sort of committed stake in. It sounds like it's not as it's not as emotional as it sounds like, but you got that. You got something you needed to hook into it, and there was definitely something there, and it was very well done. They could they could have really skimped out on that, and they didn't um, I, in favour of it being more of an action violent thing. I probably need to. I mean, I need to rewatch it anyway, but um, I think that the standout thing for me because i think i might have i think there are probably elements of it where i remember them being way not better than they actually were but that actually were fairly typical of this a lot of the stuff with the kids for example i think might not resonate as much for me the second time around because i was just so into the film by that point yeah but the thing that i really want to revisit that i think might satisfy what you're talking about is the um because the relationship, I, I, again, not not to go into too much detail about it, but the relationship between him and the little girl is kind of on rails. It's kind of on Hollywood rails. But the relationship between him and um, Professor X, between him and Charles, is really does satisfy for me what you were just talking yeah. about. Yeah, that, that That's the thing that really felt like... Um, Okay, I I can see that relationship meaning more and more to me every time I watch it. Whereas it's not it's not that the relationship between Logan and the little girl doesn't ring true. It's just that it's we've literally seen that relationship so many times in movies. Oh, but I think they did it well. I think they hmm. did that well. They did it um and I think it's I don't want to change it's it's the whole the whole physical fighting but there's like a, you know, a whole physical metaphor for their mm. relationship as well, um, which just played out really, really nicely. Mm. Um, so for both for both relationships with Logan and the girl and Logan um, with Professor X were really well done. I could relate with, with both of them, especially mm. the one with him with, his, with a little girl. And it could, you know, that could just be because I am a girl. I don't <laughs> you know. I don't know. Um but that, yeah, the emotional attachment of what they were fighting for was was quite strong for me, um, and I felt that they got that really right. And that could have been a bit where I've been like, oh, kind of wish that had gone a bit better. That could have been mm. my my uh, criticism. I think um, I think I probably wanted a little bit more more superpower power element really <laughs> i think i did not um but not more more out of uh sort of awe than anything else not because mm. i felt like the story needed it but more like i want to see flashy things happen like just the occasional twinge of of that but um i think that's probably my only and that's not even a criticism that's just me being greedy yeah, um, I'm glad it didn't have more. No, no, I know it probably would have completely ruined it, but just um, it left you wanting a little bit more. Well, there you go. It left you wanting more of that kind of thing, which whatever comes next in this series of films will hopefully, I'm sure, will have more of that. So that's good. It has, on a subconscious level, already set me up for <laughs> for wanting something more. So, oh, damn it, it, got right in there. I didn't even notice. Got right in with all oh, the the uh, subconscious yeah. bit, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't think I really have any any negative criticisms about the film. Um, 
Uh, probably same as you. wasn't long enough. I would have really <laughs> liked. There are some scenes that I would have just really liked there to be more in. But again, could have upset the balance and screwed everything else up. Yeah, it's good. If you haven't seen Logan, I really hope we haven't spoiled it too much for you. But I think we both highly recommend you go and see it. Yeah, we've been well careful. I think. Yeah. No, I think. I think uh, it's a, it's a movie I could. It's a movie I definitely think people should see. Mind you, anyone yeah. who hasn't, anyone who's listened to this who hasn't seen it already, probably is taking a, some sort of stand against watching movies or something. I don't know. Or maybe know. it's just the cost of going to the cinema because um, I was quite fortunate. I went with a friend and we got a. Uh, new cinema, so the tickets are slightly reduced anyway, and we got one of those two for ones, two for one of those two for's. Um, so we didn't actually pay a lot for the cinema, which was quite good. We um, found out last week, and this is very specific to Amy and I, but we found out that the particular sort of life insurance that we had to take with our mortgage meant that we get, we literally get two free tickets to go to the cinema every week that we what? have not been using for oh like two God. years. <laughs> That's isn't that surely like a, a perk of life? Like, hey, we, you've got we, some life insurance. Here's some perks. When Sorry we heard it, <laughs> when we heard it, like, because Amy happened to be there. Um, Amy was helping a friend of ours uh, sort out her flat purchase, and we were using the same lady who helped us with the mortgages, and she sorted the same mortgage out for them. And Amy was like listening to that bit of the deal as they were talking about it and going hang on a minute that sounds familiar <laughs> and it's literally oh, no. we remembered it like when she told me about it i was like oh yeah we've got that why haven't we been using it and of course the reason we haven't been using it is because we got this mortgage at the same time as we had a second child oh, that's true actually that <laughs> so was a turbulent sort of... time for you guys yeah what's going to come first the house going through all the baby <laughs> yeah it was all a bit much so anyway yeah so there'll be more cinema going from me hopefully soon anyway anyway we talked about that film whenever we talk i mean we decided we were going to talk about that but whenever you and i talk we end up talking about tv and films way more than we end up talking about anything else you wanted to talk about comic i did yes um so i have read book one of bitch planet oh ah yes um so i read the first issue of this and really really loved it but because of my strange relationship with comics of last year, I didn't get around to reading any more. Mm-hmm. So this is also um, purchased with my leaving my leaving my last job uh, gift money that uh, was in the form of Forbidden Planet vouchers. Um, so I bought this um, as part of my well, thank you, old colleagues. You have incredible taste. Is this um, the last of that money? No, I've still got some vouchers left. <laughs> Oh, cool! I, I I was quite surprised at how generous my Connie's were when I left. I brought, oh, thank God! Let's pay her some more to get rid of her. <laughs> um, no, they didn't. Sorry. And um, so, Bitch Planet is written by Kelly Sue DeConnick and oh, and co-creator and art and cover and co-creator Valentino Delandro. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first issue was was really interesting. It's a about um so it's it's in a oppressed society where women who do not do everything in their world to serve men who do anything that's out of line in terms of a view of a man as in not fulfilling them in a kind of way or performing some kind of wifely or girlfriend duty or not 
dressing in a particular way to attract a man. You're getting an idea of the world I'm 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 sort of trying to build a picture of here. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. mean the one that we're heading for? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. The one that America is basically living in right now. Mm. <laughs> we're not far off. Um, so women will be punished, and they are sent to. I want to say penitentium. Is that how you say it? Penitentiary. 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 Yes. Penitentiary. So they're they're sent to a a prison that's off Earth. It's not on Earth. It's on a different planet. Mm-hmm. And bitch planet is a slang for it. It's not actually called that. They've got some really horrible, stupid, bureaucratic name, but it always gets referred to as bitch planet. So um, in this world, you have like a group of men who rule society as in a specific top dog group called mm-hmm. i think they're the fathers or some of them are called father um and women for the slightest thing so if men decide that they want to have a new wife um they're not satisfied with their current wife and they want to tr- you know want to get a young woman um they will make arrangements for them to go away <laughs> to- yeah for the for the current wife to to be found non-compliant. Yes, that's, and that's the the terminology, isn't it? Is compliance? Yes, it's yeah, really non-compliance. It is very, very, very creepy. In fact, um, going back to TV programs ever so slightly, I've been watching um, something called The Path with Paul Aaron and mm-hmm. Hugh uh, Hugh Darcy, and it's uh, basically about a cult, and it's interesting. Um, because they don't think they're a cult, they think they're a movement, and they may have started that way, but it hasn't gone that way. But a lot of the terminology they use makes me think of, um, in this book, made me think of that, made me think of the whole cult um, terminology, reference, compliant, mm-hmm. non-compliant, um, how it's all in your, it's all for your goodness, it's not for anyone, you know, how it's sort of just manipulating people and thinking that it's good for them when actually it's not. It's the most horrible thing that they can do to repress themselves in this kind of way and not live to be the person that they, they should be or want to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the terminology is very, very creepy. And they have a strange uh, role model. I'm using inverted comment, mm-hmm. commas. Uh, I can't no. see that. No. I didn't really. I just said it with inverted commas. All right, okay. Role model. Like that. Yeah. Um, who is just a hologram of some glamorous model person who is just saying, don't you want to be good? Don't you want everyone to love you? Don't you want to do this? X of Y and Z. Um, all the news presenters that are women are very polished and um, smiley and it, it, it's all just adding to this. You must, you know, you must conform. This is how you should be. And, and if you don't, you end up on Bitch Planet. So we're following a group of... Um, women who have ended up on Bitch Planet. And throughout this first book, you get an an idea of the society they're in, the politics that's involved, um, how unjust it is, how manipulative it is. And you've got people who who are sent to Bitch Planet who haven't conformed in the most minor of ways. And then people who have sort of out and out fully rebelled. So you've got Mm -hmm. women who have the example I gave just been sent away because their husband wants a new wife. And then you've got women who've completely rebelled the society they're in and have ended up in this, in this place. Not saying that they deserve to, but just giving you the degrees of, of the, um, strengths of character 
that that have ended up there. Oh yeah, and some some of the people are just housewives, and some of them are not just yes, just housewives, and some of them are hard asses, basically. <laughs> well, no, no, so the, the hard asses aren't really. I mean, they could be housewife-ish mm. if you were going to put them in that category. I think it's just the the boiling point of the fact they don't want to be controlled in this way they don't want to be told that they have to be thin and that they can't shave their hair and and because they get told this so much um and they don't understand why it's wrong that they rebel so i think you've got people who are apologists so they apologize about the way they've been victimized and that yes it's my fault that i didn't do this and that for him when actually Mm -hmm. no that's completely wrong um and then you've got people like no that this is wrong, this is how we should be, this, you know, we shouldn't be ruled in this way. Um, you can you can tell that um, you can tell that I got uncomfortable with the terminology I was choosing the second I said just housewives. <laughs> Which I'm hoping I've rescued you a bit. Yeah, I think I think that, that worked, yeah. <laughs> I hope I did. Um, or it's teamwork. Yeah. You set them up, I knock them down. Um <laughs> And uh, we we follow a couple of characters who um, there's an incident that happens and basically people are getting set up. They're getting set up whilst they're in Bitch Planet because uh, they want to make some sort of entertainment of the people who've been sent there. Um, and they events lead up to them um, organising a very violent sport with a ball. It has a ball involved. I don't really know what the sport's supposed to be based on. Maybe basketball. I'm not sure. But it means, you know, beating 10 bells at each other. But they, um, the uh, first group of women are going to be pitted against the uh, guards. So from that aspect, they get a nice part of physical revenge against mm-hmm. people who are capturing them. Um, but there's there's lots of hidden agendas. There's lots of people who are being used, um, who who know they're being used, but are trying to flip it so that they can get the best advantage of the situation. You've got a group of very clever, very intelligent, very strong-willed women um, who are who are trying to navigate this horrible, horrible world that they're in, and this even worse situation that they're in um, to try and sort of to get to sort of gain their freedom again so there's lots at stake here um it's so well written it the uh the the first book is collect it's from image comics by the way mm-hmm. um the first book is collected in a way as if it were just issue after issue after issue including the front um covers and the back covers which consist of faux pulpy uh adverts mm-hmm. um of all sorts of very very strange things and and uh everything from um hidden messages from people um so i'll read one out as an example there's a little a little message here called rabbit run mm-hmm. no one's heard from you in weeks so maybe it's too late if not stay down rabbit and keep your head the duchess so it has things like that mm. and then it has misconnections which are horrible um are you this woman that was unconscious that i stuck my tongue down the throat or stuff like that yeah. call me kind of thing um or didn't we have a connection and uh just um things to um make you look younger but it's all very very taken out of context and extreme and and poking a lot of fun at at the female cosmetic industry and mm. how they tell everyone we we should be plastering whatever all over our face to make sure that our peach fuzz doesn't get seen 
in public. <laughs> is that why you were so fiery about that earlier on? No, no, no. Because um, you've been reading Pitch Planet. No, no. Uh, it was because I um, was <laughs> looking up. I was on a I was on a rabbit hole on the internet and ended up on a okay. Yes, it was a, it was a strange reason why I ended up on a cosmetic like a high street cosmetic shop. Mm-hmm. And it was to do with dermatology. So it wasn't anything bad. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad. It wasn't anything that I wanted to get done. It was just something that ended. I ended up there. And one of the things that came up was face. And I was like, well, for a, I didn't understand. Like, what? And then it was about, so yes, there are women who have excessive facial hair. And for them, they find it unpleasant and want to have it removed. That's, you know, completely utterly fine it's their choice they should do it for them and everything else but then it was the whole thing about getting rid of the rest of your facial hair and i was like well your eyebrows like no (laughs) no this this peach fuzz and i was like but why (laughs) surely this is going to create worse problems later on down the line but seems like it would yeah okay so it wasn't it wasn't anything to no no i mean it might it might have been the combination of the two but um yeah it was just quite funny it was like oh this is a bad thing i'm like is it (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I think we're supposed like we grow it, so surely we need it. <laughs> I mean, I know you can say that cancer, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think you could say that we need. Cancer. No, no, I'm saying I'm just saying it can be a bad thing to grow, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is um, it's so well written. The dialogue is brilliant. The way the characters interact is fantastic. The intrigue and the mystery and the politics is all fantastically playing out. Um, I'm really looking forward to reading book two to find out how that um, pans out. The art's really good in this. It's amazing. The colour tones as well, actually. I should um, I should probably just check who did the colour because um, I definitely feel like... So uh, Chris Peter did the colour. The colour is really good. It's... Um, Definitely within a certain hue. I think that's the right way to describe it. But the colours are quite extreme. So for the conforming women should be perfect parts, it's all very pink and fluffy and, you know, that kind of colour palette. Um, I see. So it's quite monochromatic. Like, it's quite monochromatic. There aren't loads and there isn't... There aren't loads and loads of different colours on each page. Um... Yeah, there is and there isn't. So there is, but then it's the con- it's usually the contrast between the reality and the propaganda. All right. So okay. the women are in their are very much in their grounded hues, and then you've got the very bright pink of conformity, and it's quite a contrast. And the same when um when uh, they are um the sort of men are conspiring I'm going to say conspiring uh, the way when the men are conspiring about to do things there's a certain colour palette that's used for that um, and in flashbacks as well you definitely get the vibe of the flashback it's all in that colour scheme that, mm-hmm. that makes you feel like it's in the past So, it, and the art's incredible as well it's really really good um, the whole book's brilliant I recommend you read mm-hmm. it and I will read the second book, and I'm sure I recommend you should read that too. Um, I got this in physical form from a physical shop called Forbidden Planet in Southampton's famous Hanover Buildings. 
for eight pounds ninety nine. But because of the exchange rate, this is probably a little bit more. But it's definitely worth it. And I'm sure if you wanted to, you could use someone like Amazon or the Book Depository if you wanted to buy it at <laughs> maybe a slightly cheaper price. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, I. I read the first few issues. I need to get back to it because it was at a time when a lot of stuff was getting launched and a lot of it was really, really good. Certainly Kelly Sue DeConnick and uh, Matt Fraction were just bringing out loads of stuff, I think. And then I think it might have coincided with me not just not going back to the comic shop at all. I don't think it was because of that book. Um, (laughs) I just haven't, I just haven't been back to the comic shop for a really long time. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's a really good comic. Um, I need to get back to it. Cause I think they were literally just, there was all the, the, I was reading it at the point where they were trying to get one of their more difficult people, one of their more difficult prisoners to, um, uh, form, form the team. Cause they don't even start doing the sport till about the second or third. No, yeah, I've got to glaze yeah. over quite a bit. I wanted to. So a lot of the setup's really nice. Someone's, yeah, that doesn't sort of happen towards the end, but there is a lot of trying to convince other team members to um to join and why it'll be a good thing. And but the dialogue's so natural between between the characters as well. And you're like, yeah, if I was in that scenario having that conversation, that's probably how it would go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it is good. It's cool, 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 cool. Yeah. That sounds like a good book. I need to get hold of it. Thanks for talking about that, Jade. That's okay. You could you can tell so you know I was um telling you earlier on about how I got vomited on. Yeah. Um prior to that I'd done some gardening in the garden and my uh socks had got wet then. So I was wearing a new pair of socks when I got vomited on, so they went and um I I've been sitting in our study while we've been talking uh, barefoot for the last um well, for the length of the time that we've been talking, oh, um, which is fine. It's not your fault. It's okay. Uh, it's just we've completely run out of socks. So uh, if I've started to sound like I'm a bit more full of cold than I was at the beginning of the thing, it's because literally um, I'm turning into a block of socks. Oh, see, now I've already smug because I have a dressing gown on. I have my dressing gown. I'm wearing like my everyday clothes, uh-huh. um, but it has a hood. I think it's amazing. I love dressing gowns with hoods. So I've got my hood up and I've got um, a blanket over my legs as well. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so well prepared. I'm really quite toasty. Oh, it's more, it's more of a comfort thing because my tummy hurt. I was like, owie, I need to put layers on to make me feel better. Well, I don't know if I'm going through the, the male menopause or anything like that, but I find as well that if I get myself too warm, if I get myself warm, then I'll be too warm within 20 minutes and I'll have to take everything off anyway. So um, my hoodie's been on and off a few times while we've been talking, but nothing's been, you know, nothing could be done about my feet. You could have wrapped your feet in the hoodie. I should have. I should have done. I tried to. It didn't quite work, but um, I could have stopped everything, couldn't I? And Oh, well, it's it's done now. <laughs> so if this is the last time we talk, Jane, because I've got oh. hypothermia... <laughs> It's fine. Just gonna have a nice warm shower. Uh, where are you on the internet? Tell people. Oh, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at at Cover Jane. I do tend to just retweet other everyone else because everyone else is more articulate than I am, and nobody wants to hear about things I'm tweeting about. But maybe I should. Tweet, I keep saying I'm going to tweet more, so maybe I should actually do that thing. Where I'm going to tweet every day, but then I overthink it. It sounds like you might. Yeah. I am overthinking it right now. Um, 
And also sometimes I think, oh, that'd be really funny. I'm like, no, it's only funny to me. No one's going to find this funny. I think um, at the moment you could literally get away with just, not you specifically, just anyone could literally get away with keeping an eye on what people are saying about Trump and or Theresa May um, and Brexit and quote tweeting what they say with this fucking guy or like literally, literally oh, yeah. uh, finding finding a response that you're comfortable with. Uh, one of my favourites uh, that you use a lot, like my one of my favourites at the moment is Things are all going swimmingly. Everything is going according <laughs> to plan. But yeah, there's there's a lot of um, just shareable content around at the moment. I know, I know. There is too much to retweet. Um, and I discovered a pug account recently. So Pugs. I'm, I know. I'm really in love with that. They're the cutest. I don't want to own one. I just like looking at them. Oh God, no! Um, I'd be worried about. There's too much eye to face area going on there. I'd be worried about poking it in the eye all the time. <laughs> I know. I just. I'm just worried they're quite small i'm really worried about small dogs mm. um and I, I suppose i could have tweeted about the six people congregating around um one of them had been puked on but i think i probably was much more colorful talking about it than tweeting about yeah, it i suppose well, i could have I mean... tweeted a slow pick like oh what kind of puke do you think this is i don't want baby but I, it's more yeah, of a think... photos are more of an instagram thing jane yeah, that's true. I am on could, Instagram too. Could have put um, a filter on the puke. <laughs> give it a nice, a nice romantic hue. Um, <laughs> and then like, throwback, uh, Tuesday. Oh, remember that time? What past those people puking? Um, <laughs> oh no, it was Monday. Yes, it was Monday. You can't do anything about Monday, isn't it? Monday madness. Monday madness. People I don't puking. Well, Lols. The thing is though, if you were on, if you were on Facebook and you did as, about as much on there as you do, um, on Twitter, and you shared that picture. What you'd find is every year around this day, <laughs> it would it would show you a picture of. It. Oh, I don't. I'm so glad I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, I mean. it's it's best not to be there. It's I don't know. It's like it, it it feels like most people feel you need to you if you're on one you have to talk shit about the other, and that's a weird thing because I've been on Twitter for so long, and I and I still like that's where my heart is really. Um, it, even though the whole everywhere is a cesspit, the whole planet is a cesspit. Um, and and then I'm on Facebook, and people talk about Twitter behaviours and how uh, like um, irrational and crazy it is on Twitter, and that's why they're not on there. And these are reasonable people, and I'm like, but you're on you're on Facebook. Yeah, I feel like that's the mecca of <laughs> craziness. And Facebook is where people you've known your entire life share Britain first stuff. Oh yeah. And ironically, you know, you know yeah. it's not like it's where people you know your entire life, you see them shitting on a toilet when you know what? If you wanted to see that, you'd ask them. It's one of the things that, um, that prompted me to, to sort of give up my Facebook. Not that I really interacted it very much, but, um, it, I, I kept getting tagged in pictures, so I kept going into... Un that's the only way I interact with Facebook, untagging myself in pictures. But the first thing that came on feed was a picture of, of a friend of mine uh, sitting on the toilet that his boyfriend had taken of him. And I was like, I don't want to see this. That's if I wanted weird. to see him on the toilet pooing, I'd phone him up and say, Graham, can I come see you shit? And <laughs> he would let me, me come and see him shit. You no, he'd let me be in a room with him, probably. But I don't want to, because that's a level of friendship... That's not even, I don't even have that relationship with anybody. I think that a child, a child, your child, not any mm. child, your child that you've had by 
birth, uh-huh. it's probably the only person you should have a relationship with, or an elderly relative that you're looking after. Yeah. That's, that's or unless um, it's your job to look after people, but yeah, I know yeah, what you or, mean. or maybe your job, but it's it's your choice, and it's usually because someone needs your aid, not because. Um, but it shouldn't. Just yeah. Been on Facebook, just didn't need to. I mean, I wasn't. I, you know, he was just on the toilet. It wasn't that graphic, but you, yeah, didn't unless didn't need it. Either unless they came out of you, you came out of them, or you're being paid. Yeah. You, <laughs> I I I see. Yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> okay. Um, I've realised I haven't shut the door, and uh, uh, life partner Steve has just uh, come back into the the flat. So, um, I think that's probably our cue to go. He doesn't. He doesn't need to hear about shitting. No. Or what's going <laughs> to come later on in life? Apparently. Th- so. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for talking to me about vomiting and shitting, Jane. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Didn't think it go that way, but it did. I'll I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Okay. Bye. Bye. That rambling hour and a half was We Have Issues 115. Thanks to Peter for contributing, to Jane for talking to me. Uh, Although, I mean, I don't know. We're co-hosts. Do you think you're co-host? I don't know. There's sort of an obligation there, isn't there? I I don't know. Anyway, um, who else? Who else? Thank you to our patrons and thank you to you, listener. And uh, we'll see you hopefully in the next seven days sometime or we'll speak to you or you'll listen to us. I, you know how it works. Um, go look at the, the latest episode of Two Grown Men when that eventually comes out. Um, it's got stuff about the Superpod and uh, opportunities to give money to charity, which I know everyone loves doing. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>